This is Love Smarter, the show for women who want extraordinary love and aren't afraid to learn for it. Here's your host, Lori Ann King. Hey, hey, hey. Do you know how you express and receive love? That's what we're covering in today's episode. Today's episode is based on Dr. Gary Chapman's brilliant book, The Five Love Languages. The concept of the five love languages is so powerful. Here's why. It helps give us perspective outside of ourselves. This is usually very hard to get. We see the world the way that we see the world, and we assume almost by default that everyone else sees it that way too. Or at least that they should. Well, the same is true with love. Each person has a preferred way to give and receive love, and we assume that how we like our love served up is how everyone else prefers it too. And we're usually wrong in this assumption. I see couples run into trouble when the way that they prefer to receive love isn't the way that their partner naturally gives love. Oftentimes, a good relationship can stop feeling good because while both people are still expressing a lot of love, it's not being expressed in a way that the partner easily receives. It's like they are speaking different languages. In a moment, I'm going to teach you what the five different love languages are. But as you're listening, you're going to want to try to identify what are your primary and secondary love languages. As you listen, it can be helpful to look for three things. First, what makes you feel very loved when someone else does it for you? You also want to look at how do you most naturally express your own love? And finally, pay attention to what kind of things really hurt. This could be a hint that a love language is being rejected. So most people have both a primary and a secondary love language. So look for which one is most meaningful for you and which other ones do you really like as well. Okay, let's get into it. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, I just made that sound effect with my mouth. Okay, number one, the first love language we're going to cover is called words of affirmation. For words of affirmation, people, they love to hear positive encouragement and praise. Any kind of vocal expression of affirmation, validation, or appreciation that is expressed to them will really make them feel connected and loved. This is my primary love language. I want to be told that you love me a hundred times a day. I want to hear why you love me. I want to hear what's so great about me. I want to be verbally appreciated. And that's the way I most naturally express my love to others too. So words of affirmation might be your primary love language if you really love to articulate your feelings into words. And hearing that from someone else really makes you feel great and loved too. Number two, acts of service. For acts of service people, actions speak louder than words. Your love language might be acts of service if you really enjoy doing the little things for your partner, like laundry or vacuuming or making dinner. Or you might enjoy doing something less common, like planning a special day out or going to that obscure market at the far end of town to get that one kind of artisanal cheese that your partner really likes because you know that makes them very happy. 
One of my husband's love languages is acts of service, and for myself, service falls way to the bottom of this list. It's a bit of a mismatch, but knowing about these love languages has helped us handle it and keep the love really flowing between us. Here's one way that I've used understanding that my husband and I have different love languages to make our relationship a little bit easier. Now, I've mentioned in past podcasts that my husband is the chef of the house, and early on in our relationship, I noticed that when he would cook dinner for us and I wasn't ready to eat as soon as it was done, he would get really upset. And I didn't really understand it. You know, I'm able to see now that we had totally different perspectives on what was happening. I saw that he was making food for fuel and nutrition, and he saw what he was doing as an act of love for me. So when I neglected to receive the love that he was showing, he felt rejected and unappreciated. And now that I understand how much it means to him to be making dinner for me as a sign of his love, I make sure that I always drop what I'm doing as soon as he says that dinner is ready. And this one small change has made a huge difference for us. The third love language is receiving gifts. This one is pretty straightforward. Gifts people are people who feel very loved when they receive a gift. This might be because they link receiving the gift to knowing that the person was thinking about them, or they appreciate the intentionality that often comes with gift giving. Or it may be simply that they straight up just love getting gifts. Gifts people are also likely to purchase gifts for other people as a sign of their love. Now, sometimes people resist acknowledging that this is one of their primary love languages because they don't want to be seen as being materialistic or shallow. But if you love receiving gifts and that makes you feel really special or important or cared for, then I strongly suggest you own it. There is nothing wrong with receiving gifts. I myself quite enjoy it. But if you resist receiving and feeling that love, all you're doing is decreasing your own satisfaction with the relationship. So don't cut off one of your love languages because of a fear of what others may think or that it's bad or selfish. There can also be a huge variation in the kind of gifts that you want to receive. For some people, they might prefer small homemade gifts as a sign of their partner's true undying love, while someone else might prefer really luxurious or expensive gifts that they would never buy for themselves. You might prefer gifts that are very thoughtful or unique that really show that you've been being listened to and thought about. What's most important is to recognize that if this is a language that really makes you feel loved, then you want to embrace it, and you want your partner to know that this is a great way to make you feel loved too. The fourth love language is physical touch. The physical touch person really values physical affection and appropriate touches from their partner. Now, there's a wide range of ways that someone who speaks physical touch as their love language might express and want to receive their love. For example, they might love to get their head scratched, or they always want to be holding hands. Some people are really into public displays of affection, whereas another person who also speaks physical touch might never want to be affectionate in public. But once you get them in private, they can't keep their hands off you. You might be a physical touch person if having affection with your partner makes you feel really connected and really loved. Another way to tell is 
How does it feel to not have that with your partner? Do you assume there's something wrong or something off in the relationship if you're not having a lot of physical connection? The fifth love language is quality time. Quality time people are all about spending time with their significant other. This could be going for a hike with each other or going out to dinner or staying home and cooking up a delicious meal. One thing that's important to understand about all of the love languages is that each language actually has multiple dialects, so to speak. You could have two people speaking the same love language but actually speak it in a different dialect and thus have totally different preferences. For one of my clients, both her and her husband speak the love language of quality time. However, when she says quality time, what she really means is a special date that they plan together where they go and do something new and exciting. But when he thinks of quality time, he thinks of any time that they're alone together and actually prefers really to be alone with her at home. So you can see how if they never distinguish these different preferences, they would end up probably feeling like their partner wasn't meeting their needs. She would be saying, we never go out and do anything, and he would be saying, what? I spend so much time with you. So understanding your own love language is a great start, but you'll probably need to get even more specific and discover what it is within the language that really makes you feel loved. So what's your primary love language? Is it words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, acts of service, or quality time? If you want more help sorting out your love language, then I suggest you head on over to Dr. Gary Chapman's website, fivelovelanguages.com. He's got a really simple quiz that both you and your partner can take to help you distinguish your love languages. In the next episode, I'm going to be teaching you what to do if you and your partner don't speak the same love language. This episode will be super useful because it really takes what you're learning here and helps you actually apply it to your relationship so that you have more love and connection and fun. All right, that's all for today. I will see you next time. And until then, love smarter. Hey, did you like this episode? Then you will love my upcoming live online class. You'll leave with insights that improve your love life immediately. Plus, you'll have the chance to ask me anything. This class is completely free and it always fills up quickly. So head on over to laking.tv slash free class to register right now. See you in class.